Welcome to the Fan Into Flame podcast. My name is Aristotle Alviso, but you can call me Ace. Each week, we're going to discuss something different about my King Jesus, cover either a Bible story or modern history about revival, and then how revival is shaping in New Orleans right now. And I'm going to do this until every heart in New Orleans burns for revival. Very excited again about this episode. Today, I'm going to talk about Christ, my lover. And then we also are, and then we're going to finish up the episode with a very special interview with Mimi Crabtree. Let's get started. Okay, so Christ, my lover. That might sound like a very interesting or awkward title uh, for this segment, but I hope it makes sense, uh, and I hope it blesses you by the end of this. And so, you know, we know that the Bible says God is love. And so something that I've been trying to wrap my head and my heart around is understanding what it means to be loved as a perfect son by a perfect father. But then also because the Bible says that the that the church is the body of Christ and we're also known as the bride of Christ. I want to know what it means to be a perfect bride loved by a perfect husband. And so that's kind of what I want to cover uh, in, in this segment. The scripture that I'm going to use for this is going to be from the Song of Solomon, right? So many of you may may have read Song of Solomon and maybe even growing up, you, uh, you know, you may have heard that Song of Solomon, you know, was like a very, a very intimate uh, piece of scripture. And, and it is, uh, it is, you know, absolutely a very intimate uh, book of the Bible, probably the most intimate, but you know, it's 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 deeper than just a man loving a woman. You know, it's it's deeper than than it looks at first sight. You know, and so really, uh, what what this book is about is the love that Jesus has for his church, and and you know, just it's just something to chew on and 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 observe and and look and meditate on and see truly how much he loves you. And, and like it and at first especially so coming from me as a man you know that's something I had to wrap my heart around you know and understand is like you know how what does this mean for me how do I let Jesus love me you know and and but like still keep <laughs> you know what I mean like still keep my manhood like how, how do I even do that how do I approach that and 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 I I believe you know when when you ask the Holy Spirit to help you uh, to unravel this for you I believe he'll help you as he has helped me. All right, so let's start looking at Song of Solomon. So first verse is Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is sweeter than wine. All right, so it says, May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And main thing from that, I for me at least, is that the love of God is something to be experienced. It's not something to just read about. You know, you when, when you're kissed, uh, you know it, you know, like when you're kissed, you feel it. Uh, it's, uh, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so the the kisses of his mouth, like that, that's something that you can, that you can feel that and you can experience, you know, in the spirit, like it's, it's true. And it's, and it's, and it's amazing, you know, to feel his love. And it says, for your love is sweeter than wine, right? So it's, it is, and it truly is precious and just like wine his love is intoxicating. Like fi- find that place where you can just get lost in Jesus's love because it's there. All right. So S- a Song of Solomon 1 verse 15. It says, how, 
this is uh the bridegroom talking to the bride he says how beautiful you are my darling how beautiful you are your eyes are like doves just know that jesus actually delights in you you know when you fix your eyes on him and you notice that he's staring back at you you will know that he actually delights and loves to see you you know and that's powerful so uh, moving on song of solomon chapter 2 verse 4 it says he has brought me to his banquet hall and his banner over me is love all right so he has brought me to his banquet hall you know just and then later uh, in a different portion it talks about you know bringing him into the his chambers you know his, his king's chambers and you know just grasp that he wants to take you deeper there's always a deeper place there's always a there's a there's a feast to be had when you encounter Jesus as your lover you know and like there's and it's a just imagine like a king's banquet hall you know uh, that table you know just dressed with food you know from for like a hundred feet or whatever you know whatever your imagination can can grasp but just understand that there's a feast for you and the feast is Jesus himself he says my, my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed you know and and he just wants to he wants you to feast on him and his love um, chapter 2 verse 16 he says my beloved is mine uh, uh, this is the bride to the bridegroom my beloved is mine and I am his he pastures his flock among the lilies you know and and just you know just uh, strengthening that point that that this is a it's a love relationship you know and, and you can Jesus is uh, has the capacity to love each and every person with all of his love you know and that, that I think that's incomprehensible you know it's hard to grasp but you can you can you have to make his love personal you know and and know that like like I have a one-on-one -on -one relationship and I, I can get so lost in the master's love that it's almost like we're I'm his favorite you know or, or that we're the only two people that exist in the universe you know and that's something that that just makes it much more powerful for you moving on uh song of solomon chapter 4 verse 7 he says he says to you you are altogether beautiful my darling and there is no blemish on you you know when when you get grafted in right as a he says i am the vine you are the branches when you are become born again uh when you um confess jesus christ as your lord and savior it says there is no blemish on you you know he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus right so he he took on our sin so that i could stand before him and stand before our father with no blemish right i can i can stand before him perfect i i can i can i can know that i'm a i'm i'm seen by a perfect husband as a perfect bride and that's powerful you know like you don't because it says there is ne therefore now no condemnation in christ jesus you know so you can stand before him you can stand before your the the bridegroom and know that you're just perfectly loved because you have no blemish on you and then finally uh song of solomon chapter 4 verse 9 to 10 it says you have enchanted my heart my sister my bride you have enchanted my heart with a single glance of your eyes with a single strand of your necklace how beautiful is your love my sister my bride how much sweeter is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than that of all kinds of balsam oils and so what i want you to get from that 
and I, I might have mentioned it earlier, but he delights in you. You know, all it takes is is to just believe and know that he wants you and to and to draw near to, to Jesus and and you just know and you can be flooded with love in your heart, but in, in your entire being and know that you're just delighted in uh, that he can look at you and he's you know he <laughs> you know just just try to imagine that may, that his heart flutters you know imagine that that his eyes um you know widen you know his 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 face shines even brighter when when he knows that you're looking at him and and he catches your glance because he loves you and he delights in you uh, and so you know really uh, what so what does this even have to do with revival um you know i just what I just want everyone to grasp, and and I'm still trying to grasp grasp this myself, is that Jesus is just altogether lovely. He's perfect, and what what gets you, what keeps you, what sustains you, especially in this season, is just knowing that you can have a personal and intimate, and awesome, exciting adventure of a relationship with our, with your Savior Jesus Christ. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you, and so. You know, I, my prayer for you is that over this next week, maybe this is something you can meditate on and, and just delight in and, and grab by faith that Jesus wants to love you like a lover and, and delight in you for the rest of your life. And so that's it for, the, for that segment. Uh, we're going to transition now to uh, the interview with, with Mimi Crabtree. Hope you enjoy. Lord God, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that your presence be here with us on this podcast. I just thank you, Lord God, that you're filling us up, Lord, with your joy, your love, your peace. I thank you, Lord God, that, that the seed is being thrown out, Lord, into the fields, Father. And I just pray, Father, that it falls on right hearts, Lord, that you would receive the increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Mimi, so here we are in, uh, in your dining room, and uh, I'm just very excited and honored that, that you would have uh, that you'd be okay to the, the interview. So, you know, definitely, you know, we've been talking a little bit and, you know, just, just wanted to share again that, you know, my heart for this podcast is, you know, as, as the back of my shirt says, it says, until every heart in New Orleans burns for revival. You know, that until every heart. You <laughs> every know, heart. And, and that's how, and that's how, that's part of how I envision revival is that it's, it's going to shake, you know, an entire region. You know, yeah. just like a, well, in one of my earlier episodes, I was saying about Nineveh and how everyone's pastor, even the animals, you know, and how yeah. it just turns. So, you know, that's just part of the vision I have. And, you know, part, part of why I'm here and why I asked you if I could be part of, if I could interview you is, you know, you're, you know, one, you, you go to Victory Church, but I also know that, that there's, you know, you have your own ministry and that you're, you can't help but pour out the love of God. You know, and, and I just, I just very much just love and appreciate your, your energy and, and the joy that's always just beaming out of your eyes and out of your voice, you know. And so I'm just glad to, to be here. My pleasure. It's an honor. It's an honor. The Lord has done so much in my life. I can't help but he look, he, he's living in me, amen. So we just gotta release him. Amen. We gotta release him. And it's a joy to my heart. He's done so much for me. Any good thing you see in me is because of the Lord. And anything that he has opened up, it is totally because of him. He's opened doors that I could never have opened. Uh, you know, so it's um 
it's a it's a privilege to me a great honor you know that we uh, fellowship at victory but like you said kingdom wise um wow he's sending us all over so amen, amen. And, and so i know you sent me an article before about you know what what your testimony is and you know kind of your, your background there but you know to, to focus it a, a little more what from your past do you think like this generation needs to hear wow wow so um basically i um i you know my, my people are from the french quarter so um, my grandmother and grandfather lived on top of central grocery dad you know was raised in the French Quarter so as a small child I mean we were always over there and um, I guess at an early age I was opened up to the nations of the world and so that could be a good thing <laughs> but it probably wasn't because you, you saw everything you know and uh, my mom was a professional artist she had two, two galleries in the quarter my daddy worked at the post office in the day but at night he moonlit on Bourbon Street so he's a bartender worked in the in the polling house so just just a whole plethora of things that you know now I mean I would be scared to death if I had to raise my kids like that but back then it was a whole it was a different scenario yet sin was sin and sin abounded big time and so I you know it got on me it got on me so um just you know living the life of sin uh and and just I guess my sister and I were really close, so she got saved, and it was in the 70s, it was the late 70s, the Jesus movement swept through the area, and uh, she got saved and wound up going to Bible college, and so, so she led me to the Lord, um, but I got, you know, she went away to Bible college, I stayed here, got married, and just, I really loved the Lord, but I really loved sinning too, <laughs> I loved partying, you know? And so one time when she came in, I remember her looking at me and saying, how's your walk with the Lord? Because she'd constantly send me articles and, and pray for me and Bibles and books. And uh, I said, oh, it, you know, it's, it's okay. And she said, you know, she looked at me in my eyes and said, no, Mimi, how is your, is your walk with the Lord? And I busted out crying saying, oh, it's so hard serving the Lord. It's so hard serving the Lord. And, and she looked at me with such joy in her heart. And it's just a big old smile on her face, but the eyes were, were of the Holy Spirit that burned through me. And she said, no, Mimi, it's not hard serving the Lord. It's hard serving two masters. <laughs> and so, boy, from right then, you know, I determined I'm all in. I, you know, I'm cutting off everything, because I had started singing in barrooms by then. So if the Lord had not stepped in my life, you know, I would be on Bourbon Street singing jazz and blues, which incidentally, um, when revival hit victory, we started uh, Cafe Joel, and that's how I came to victory. Right after revival hit, uh, victory had opened up Cafe Joel on Bourbon Street. So I got a phone call. I wasn't at victory yet, but I got a phone. I heard about it because I had been in the services uh, when Rodney Howard Brown had come and sort of prophesied, "Y'all need to y'all need to get something out there on Bourbon Street." So I, I, when I heard that, my heart burned within me because I mean that was. And it, the French Quarter was an area I thought, oh, you know, I really probably would have aspired to be a singer on Bourbon Street, singing jazz and blues. So when that, when, of course, I got saved, that, that was like no way anymore. But yet it burned in my heart because of worship, it, you know, just to, to, through worship to lead people to Jesus. And so my heart burned within me. And so probably months later I got a call and um, they said, 
is this Mimi Crabtree? And uh, I said, yes. And they said, well, your name keeps coming up. Um, we want to ask you to come and, and sing or jo join our ministry in some kind of way on Bourbon Street. We're from Victory. Actually, it was Paul Meany, and uh, he was leading the worship section of it. And I, I told him, I've been waiting for your call. <laughs> I've been waiting for your call. So then when I was singing, you know, for months and months, I, I was singing, and then the Lord showed me one I was on the platform singing, and I looked out of the window over the balcony and across the street. Of course, on Bourbon Street, all manner of evil is going on. And, you know, the Lord just burned in my heart that he had, he had brought my life 180 degrees because if, if I had not been singing where I was on that platform, I would have been across the street stepping on the next person to get to the top, you know, in, in that whole sin world, you know. So, um Man, he's done so much. He's Amen. been so good. He's so good. Ace, <laughs> do you know that he's good? Amen. You know, when every time I talk about him, every time we talk about him, when I talk about how good he is, and you know, I realize that he saved me from hell. He saved me from all that life of just, I'd probably be dead if not be in jail or something like that. So um, I see now when I look back on my life, all the times, all the areas you know, when I think of the, when I think, God, oh, golly, I did this and I did that. And, but yet the Lord always reminds me, you know, I allowed that to happen so because I knew what I want, the call in your life, even before you did. And actually what everything that I'm doing now just, I mean, is a result of my past. So I don't glorify my past, but I thank God, I mean, because I'm going into jails, you know, just to whoever's it was a joke at first because my husband said you know um do you have something written on your forehead because every gutter punk every down and out person just is attracted to you and and we laugh about it you know and i said no that's the, the anointing of the holy ghost for the ministry that amen. he called me to before i was in, in my mother's womb amen that's awesome and and so can you explain a little bit about that as far as like what what is it that you feel that he's he's called you to like i, I know you're you're involved with so much you know so i just i feel like he's called me to encourage people that it's not too late it's never too late no matter what you've done no matter where you've been the lord loves you and he has a plan for your life so nothing is hopeless he's a miracle worker he turns things around whether it's healing uh, you know whatever report you've been given god is a god of miracles and he's a god of hope and if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Because I have to look at my life and see how he has, oh, he has done so much. And it just, it makes my heart burst because there are so many people, so many people. And I would even go a further step and say so many Christians that really don't have the hope I, that Jesus is living in us. So, I mean, if the God of the universe is living in us, let me tell you what, I don't care what problems you're faced with, you really don't have a problem because he's going to take care of it. He knows about everything before it even happened. And so, you know, we have to put our faith and our trust in God and he will bring it through. So I just feel like that the Lord has, has called me as an encourager in the body of Christ. Not only that, just just that he fills us with his joy i mean he is joy his name is joy Amen. so every time when i think about what he's freed me 
from and his love for me. His lo if he never did another thing for me all my life, I, just because of who he is, is enough to just absolutely mess me up because he's so good. He really is. And what he says, everything that he has spoken over my life, he has brought it to pass. Mimi has stepped out of some things, but Jesus never did. Mm -hmm. and, and I also would like to say, I don't care how many times you feel like you're a failure. I mean, you know, man says, okay, one time, I, I, I'll let you mess up one time, but hey, maybe two times. But after that, forget it. You're done with. God is standing there with open arms, and he says, I'm the God of the 50th chance. As long as we have breath, air in our, in our lungs, you know, he is going to forgive, and he's, he wants to set us on our way to go. Now, listen, that's not a life reason for a lifestyle of sin, but he people that, that think they've messed up so much, there's no way that's a lie from the enemy. Amen. Now, we don't want to be caught on the edge because you, wanna, you don't want to be caught dead, not, you know what I mean? <laughs> we want to make sure that we know the Lord and to the best of our ability are just loving him every day of our life. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Woo. <laughs> I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I 100% agree with you about the part where you mentioned, you know, just it's Christians too that that need to know, you know, and that who they are in Christ. Right, exactly. You know, when you know who you are in Christ. I'm sorry. I don't no, that's fine. That's fine. When you know, you, two things you need to be, get a revelation of. You need to get a revelation of the cross. That's right. When you get a revelation of what Jesus did for you. I mean it's a game changer and then who you are in christ what does he say about you not what the enemy says about you not what the world says about you not what you say about you but what he says about you and if you truly will put your trust and belief in him i'm telling you it is a game changer you will never ever ever be the same he it's liberating it's freedom Woo! it puts a, <laughs> shout, it puts a shout in me i'm telling you that's, that is a shout of freedom. Amen. I've been bound and I've been free, and freedom is so much better. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, all, all I was going to add is that, you know, because I, I grew up Catholic, you know, and so I Me always too. so I always felt like I was, you know, in the faith, you know, I, I and, you know, I was trying my best to do what I was told to do and what I had seen modeled for me, you know, but, but you know, it wasn't until, like what you're saying, and I'm still diving into it, trying to get a revelation of, of who I am in Christ and, yeah. and, and the cross, you know, but at least I know from what I know now, you know, I'll, I'll never be the same, you know, Amen. and that there's, there's no reason for, I don't know. There's no reason for, <laughs> it's a relationship, you know, it's not, cause I was raised Catholic too, Italian Catholic. Right, right. So that's, <laughs> of course we weren't really practicing, but you know, I was baptized in St. Louis cathedral, you know, and, and it's funny because I sang at a funeral couple of years ago at the St. Louis Cathedral, oh, wow. and, I, and there again, the Lord reminded me. He just keeps reminding me, do you see Do you see the very place you were baptized? You, I'm standing on the altar singing, you know, and oh, the acoustics are so good in the St. Louis Cathedral. Oh, but I anyway, bet. you know, that people, you know, will just receive. I know that he, I know he has called me to release, you know, his love to people. And, and that was wild to me, wild. He just blows me away daily because he said, you see what I've called you to? You see what he keeps reminding me. He knew he had a plan, 
And as long as we're obedient to that plan, a lot of us know what we're called to, but we're not obedient mm-hmm. to it. we got to be obedient to it. He will fulfill the desires of your heart and set people free. Amen. So something I, I also wanted to touch on is, you know, I, I feel like you have a unique perspective, at least compared to me, because I've only lived in New Orleans for two and a half years now. But, you know, could you speak a little bit about how you've seen maybe like the spiritual climate here kind of evolve from from the Jesus movement to, to where we are now? Well, I mean, I basically, I feel like it's, a, you know, there it, 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 as far as in French Bar, it's the same thing. Same thing. It, it, maybe it's a little worse as far as everything's out in the open more than when I was younger. But um, people are hungry. People, let me tell you, the spirit of the world is to kill and Jesus brings life. So it, that part of it is the same. But I, I feel in my spirit there is, um, if I could read Amos yeah, please. 9, 13 through 15 um, in the message. It says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, dot God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And every way you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I will make everything right again for my people, Israel. So the thing of it is, is that I've seen different moves happen, you know, happen in New Orleans. And it's been good. I've seen different ways, techniques. Those techniques are different because I remember, I remember ministering where, where people would go out and say, you know, turn or burn you're gonna go to hell so get saved and and and, you know i i've seen that and i I sort of went "Mm, probably you know but listen it had its effects it had its you know it was for purpose i guess but i have since revival in the in the 90s god has put such an intimacy in in my heart such a love that's the way that you you win people so I, as far as the, the climate of the church world, I feel like in the past it was really harsh, harsh, like, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. But now it's just like, can I pray for you? People know that they are sinners. People know what they're going through. They're living in hell. You don't have to, t- we don't have to tell them that. We need to show the love of God Amen. and the joy that they can have in Jesus. Amen. That the, the life abundantly that he brings for the true lovers, amen? Amen. That's, I love it. That's great. So, and then just speaking about revival, too, like what what do you think is unique? You know, there's there's a million different theologies about revival, you know, and, and, and you referenced the revival back in, in the 90s. I think the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, the, um, I mean, as far as, you know, victory in our pastor, my beloved Pastor Bailey, let me tell you, the, the I just, I always knew, knew that salvation was, was a relationship and not religion, but the intimate, my life, tur- I mean, w- went up 100 degrees on the intimacy of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, whereas before it was everything, I mean, there, it's an awakening but the Holy Spirit became, he became so near and dear to my heart. Like I might have been emphasizing on Jesus before. The Holy Spirit became alive to me, the person of the Holy Spirit. 
and intimacy with him. It, 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 my, I think that that actually, when we have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, that changes everything. That changes, you know, I've been in the Lord for 43 years now. And so I have many friends that Christians that are, you know, content to just sit on that couch now. It's like that was in the past. That was good. I love the Lord. I'm going to heaven. But, you know, oh, you know, what, me, 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 whatever they you have to do. And I'm like, it, when we have true intimacy with the Holy Spirit, we hear his voice and and we feel his heartbeat. We can't stop. We got to tell somebody. We've got to get out there. It might. Now I'm not talking about a pulpit ministry, but I mean one on one, daily, wherever you go, whoever you see, uh, and then the God, and the Lord will constantly give you things to do, ideas. He never has a retirement plan. In the natural, <laughs> we have a retirement plan. Praise God, my husband. Get you know he's looking forward to that retirement plan. But in the Lord. Wow, we're just stepping over into heaven. Amen. There's no stopping. There's no stopping. Can I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> and and so, you know, along that vein of, of intimacy, right, like there's no formula, right, for how we get there. But I, I guess what, what what would you say are maybe like three keys if, as far as how you, you know, e- even just looking back, what you could have done different, what you want to do more of as far as cultivating that relationship with the Holy Spirit? I would just spending time in his presence his presence his presence his presence time is a killer of the presence of god because people don't have the time and i tell people if you got to write it on your calendar write in your time with the lord because it'll not happen unless you take the intentionally take the time for his presence if we take the time for him he comes he's always talking to us he's always filling us up he wants to he wants to be so intimate like that we have to stop ourselves from that rat race and spend and yield, yield to his presence. Worship is a big thing. When we worship, it's, I just call it disciplines of grace. Prayer, prayer is another big thing. I think that every revival was birthed in prayer, birthed in, it birthed in hearts that just desired, desired more of the Lord. And the Lord, the thing is, the Lord is giving out, really, he really is ready to pour out everything he has. He would Amen. withhold no good, good thing, thing from us. Amen. But it's us that that aren't taking the time. He wants to. We cry out more and more, and he's like, yeah, right, I'm ready, I'm ready. But then we run off and do whatever we have to do. We don't take the time for that. So prayer, worship, just allowing that time, you know, for intimacy. For him to speak to us, he's always speaking, you know. And and then let's open up our voice and, and saying what he's saying, and then having that sensitive. I pray that the Lord sensitizes my spirit to know was it for me, was it for somebody else, because he's always wanting to speak to others around. It's he loves to set us free, and it's you know it starts there. But baby, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not you know it never ends there. God always has. Uh, others in mind so it's a matter of us lifting up our voice prophesying uh, speaking a word speaking a word from the word or just speaking the prophetic word over lives it changes everything it, it starts things happening in people's life when because uh, i know when people when people have spoken things to me it activated it imparted things and so that's why if i it's like lord give me a word give me a word for whoever i'm going to be around today you know, and it doesn't have to be a profound, you know, 
we always think that God is so, you know, Lord, stay at the Lord this. But, you know, it just might be, you know, the Lord loved you and he just wanted to tell you that. It sounds so simple, but you know what? We complicate things. Somebody knowing that God loves them when they're ready to commit suicide is a big thing. Even though it's simple to us, it's a big thing. So just being sensitive to hear his voice. And then, like I said before, obeying. Because it's one thing to hear. We all we all really hear. God says, my people hear my voice. I hear, you know, some people say, I don't hear God. Well, it's just because you didn't sit and take time to hear him. But you can hear him. That That's a lie from the devil. We can hear him. He said we can hear him if we're his chil- children. And so it's just a matter of being obedient to do what he says. Amen. 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 That's great. Oh, I love it. And so... You know, so we, we talked about the 90s revival and, you know, just I believe both of us are, are believing for, you know, the next big move of God, you know. And, and so what, what does, you know, in your time with the Lord and, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, what has he shown you of, of what this next move of God is supposed to look like? Or like maybe specifically for our region? Well, I would say, first of all, you can't put God in a box. <laughs> so I think that I think that we should have a ready heart just to flow in the Holy Ghost. So I think it's absolutely going to look nothing like church. <laughs> nothing like church, especially, you know, from, from, from my ministry, I'm seeing it that way. Just whosoever will. I believe that ministers of God, and that's everybody, every Christian, every Christian is a minister, amen, ministers of reconciliation are going to be able to, pray for people and see miracles. I am, you know, my heart is burning to be able to lay hands on somebody Amen. and just like Jesus. Didn't he say um, greater things that we do? So I'm like, I'm ready for the greater things. I'm ready for, because I'm praying for so many people and I don't see that he, I mean, I know God started something, but I'm ready to go into hospitals and see them get out of the bed and run out of the hospital. You know what I mean? I, I'm re- I believe that God is going to supernaturally visit this area just by, I, I really think through ministers and ch- uh, Christians who are just willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. So that would mean, you know, um, unusual miracles. I believe that things are going to happen not the way that anybody. I just think that God, God is not going to be put in a box. So we're going to be hearing, wow, God did this. And you know what he, how he did it, what he did? I just think he's ready to blow, blow our mind as Christians. And that, that uh, scripture in Amos where he says, I'm going to do things so fast, you, your head's going to swim. And he's doing it already. He's doing it. I mean, I know in my life, in my ministry, I'm sitting here saying, whoa, I didn't think it was going to happen that way, but whoa, God. So it just makes me put every restraint off of the Holy Spirit, where in past we've said, okay, well, it's got to look like this. It's got to look like this. It's got to do this. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is saying, who made you the Holy Ghost police? (laughs) <laughs> I will, I am that I am, and I will do what I will do, you Amen. know, so just like he did in the 90s, because many things, many manifestations happened, and, you know, we sort of sat back and said, oh, that's God, this not God, well, maybe that's God, and he said, who are you, who are you, 
<laughs> you're not the Holy Ghost police. So just let me do what I want. And, and as a result, I mean, people's lives are changed. When we let him just be God, and when we as Christians just say, God, whatever you want to do, I just want to hear you and flow with you so that whatever you want to happen can be accomplished. Amen. I love it. You know, I, as you were saying that about the whole not putting him in a box, I'm reminded of, you know, in Job, you know, when, you know, Job was kind of questioning the Lord, you know, and he was like, were you there you know, Ooh, when, when I right. made the stars, when that's I made right. the earth, you know, that's were right. you there, you know? Man, his ways are so much higher than ours, right? Amen. Ooh, his thoughts are so much, his ways are just, they blow me away. Because I'll think, you know, God, surely, God, you're going to do it this way, this way, and this way. And he just, just when you think, think not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful, too, because I know where my thoughts have gotten me. <laughs> so so true, I'm glad true. that he's smarter and wiser, you know. Uh, so, so Mimi, as, you know, as we wrap up, I kind of wanted to ask, you know, how can, how can other people listening, how can they get plugged in or support or, or find you in, in your ministry? Well, I'm on Facebook, Mimi Crabtree. I'm also on YouTube. I have the uh, Joy Overflowing is the name of my ministry. And then um, just listen to those avenues, and I'll let, I'll let I post where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be ministering or singing. And um, and that's it, really. Just um, I wanted to, to um, put the scripture in here, yeah, if it's okay. Please. Because this really is what the Lord spoke on my heart when, whenever he called me into ministry in 1983. And uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to, to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. Wow, wow. That people would see through me. People would see through my joy and my love for the Lord. That's basically what happens, right? They can't do it, so they, you go and help them do it. Amen? I love that. Uh, to preach to prisoners, and, and I'm in jail. I mean, I mean, literally, I'm in the, the jails ministering to those that are bound. You, to minister, to preach to prisoners, you are set free. You are set free. It doesn't matter where you are, you're set free. I have come to share the message of jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. He accepts. He accepts all who would come. Amen. Whosoever will. And then in Ephesians 3.19, and I feel like this is the scripture over my ministry. This is the call of my life. This is I pray this, and matter of fact, all who are listening, if, if it's okay, I pray this over your life right now. I pray. Um, Ephesians 3.19, in the Amplified, it says that you may really come to know practically, and this is really revival this is revival this is when god changes a heart that you may come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of christ which far, far surpasses mere knowledge head knowledge without experience we don't want that because that's religion that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of god and that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence presence and become a body holy filled and flooded Ooh. with god himself holy w-h-o-l-l-y fully fully i just pray right yes, now Lord. that the lord would just 
it enlarged our capacity for more of him. Yes, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And it flooded with God himself. That waves, waves of revival, waves of glory, waves of joy, waves of love, waves of <laughs> peace would flood yes, your heart. Amen. And make you whole in him. Hallelujah. Woo! Fill us, Lord. Yes, we Lord. want you. We want you, Lord. However you want to use us, Lord. However you, you know, I'm, I, I hesitate when I say use because especially in prison, man has used people, you know, like whether it's a father abusing somebody or, you know, whatever. But God, he wants to, he wants to service us. Amen. He wants to put us as his ambassadors, not using like a man uses somebody, but God wants to be glorified through us. Amen. Amen. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited that whosoever will, nobody is more important than anybody else. Amen. Whosoever will, just be willing to open your voice and tell of his love and tell everybody's got a story. Tell what he's done in your life. Maybe that's for somebody to, to sit down and think about. You know, we need to we need to rehearse, rehearse what God has done in our life. I have to go back and think. You have to go back and think, wow. Because you know he's constantly adding on, amen. Amen. Awesome. We all got a story, baby. <laughs> amen. Amen. Shout it. No, no, nothing to apologize for. Man, so Mimi, th this has been an incredible time. I, I was going to ask if you could close this out in prayer, but, you know, we, we kind of already prayed through that. So, you know, I'm just, I, any last thoughts before, before we close out on, on this? Well, I just pray that it, the listening ear would just be, just ask the Lord to sensitize your spirit to him all around you. And anybody that has recently gotten a bad report or maybe, you know, there is a big wave of fear going through through, through our city again, you know. Um, and so I, I would just say, you know, believe the report of the Lord. Do what you have to do that you know you have to do in the natural, but always let the truth trump the fact. So the, the fact is things are going on. Maybe you got a report. Maybe you're sick in your body. Maybe you're not, you know, your marriage is bad. Maybe you have kids that have gone astray. That's a fact. I'm not denying the fact. But the truth always overrides the fact. And the truth says, you know, your bank account might say red. That's a fact. But the truth says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. The fact is you might have gotten a bad report from the doctor. But the truth says, he took stripes on his back so that you can be healed. So go to the word of God, you know, and see what God has to say and believe him more than anybody else. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Mimi. Amen. Now, before we go, how is revival impacting your part of New Orleans? Shoot it to me on Twitter or Instagram and get it featured on a future episode. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. See you next week. I love you.